This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Two spring training games are in the books, both against the Cardinals and both featuring huge first innings for the visiting team. What can we draw from this? Nothing. Supposedly, the last words of Albert Einstein were spoken on his deathbed in German, a long soliloquy that probably had plenty of meaning, but the nurse attending him spoke no German, and whatever he said, uh, we we have no idea. That's kind of like where to put things after two spring training games. No clue what to make of it, but still a good story to pass along. We do have some details and a couple extended interviews ahead for this is Mets in the Morning. Mets in the morning, Mets in the morning, oh yeah, Mets in the morning, gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now, here's Josh Lewin, scootily down. Well, even before this past weekend, a lot of movement all around baseball. Carlos Correa is a twin. Kenley Jansen's a Brave. Castellanos and Schwarber are Phillies. Heck, in football, Deshaun Watson is a Brown. Devontae Adams is a Raider. And against that backdrop, the Mets just strolled on down to Jupiter in Buck Showalter's first game managed in blue and orange threads. And, oh, his team just hit three home runs in the first inning. Manager of the year. Josh Lewin with you. We will hear from Buck. We'll hear from Dom Smith. We'll hear from a a potential low-key difference-making outfielder acquired from St. Louis, Nick Plummer. Where else do you put a guy named Plummer besides Flushing? Am I right? So the spring training season opened with a Luis Guillorme opposite field home run. The same Luis Guillorme who once had a 22-pitch spring training at bat against these Cardinals. Uh, Same Luis Guillorme who once had one home run in his first 2,100 minor league at bats. With Howie Rose back in the radio booth, hooray, Guillaume, then Dom Smith, then Nick Plummer all went deep to open up the Grapefruit League. Here's Howie. Three and two, Nito runs. Payoff pitch, hit in the air to left. That's deep. Slicing towards the corner. Over goes Gordon. And that's gone. A two-run homer for Nick Plummer. The Mets have hit three home runs in this top of the first inning. All to the opposite field. This one, a two-run homer by Plummer. And the Mets have a 4 to nothing lead. Courtesy of WCBS, and seriously, welcome back, old friend. One time in the regular season last year, did the Mets hit three home runs in one inning. They did that in the ninth in Philly in August. Now, last time they had three in the first inning in a regular season game was back in 2017. They did it against Rich Hill when he was pitching for the Dodgers. Conforto, Wilmer Flores, and Curtis Granderson. Ah, Curtis Granderson. As mentioned, one of the first inning home runs was from Dom Smith, and this was after he'd hit a couple of days before in an intra-squad game. Dom met the media after the Mets 6-2 win. He had some interesting, insightful things to say. I know you said two home runs in a simulated game doesn't count. Does does this count? (laughs) This doesn't count either. (laughs) Uh, I think they count like in April, April 7th, Uh, so... You know, I'm happy with the progress, my swing and everything, but uh, still a lot of work to go. Uh, 
this team is a it's a good team, and uh, I think uh, if we take it one day at a time and then keep improving and keep working every day, uh, we'll have a lot of games like this. What does I mean? Does it do anything for you though to have success early on in spring? For me, uh, not personally, not really. Um, this is something that I know I can do as a player. Um, I've done it in the past. Um, I kind of got away from it last year. Uh, but it, it is um, a tiny bit gratifying that I am able to come out here and help the team put up runs and uh, play play good on defense as well. So something I worked extremely hard for. Um, it's not surprising or shocking, um, but um, I, I definitely did take pride in, uh, in, in the work I did put in. Tom, what's the things you're working on at the plate right now? Uh, it's just... Continuous to uh, continuously trying to just hit the ball hard and uh, get the ball in the air, and that's something that I didn't do last year, um, especially playing in the corners, uh, left field, first base. Um, you know, you need some power there, and uh, I kind of didn't have as much power as I as I had in my past. So, um, it's something I really wanted to work on. Like I said, swinging at good pitches, not chasing too much, and then uh, just putting a good even swing on it, and that's what I've been able to do the last couple of days. With the work you did on your own over the past couple of weeks, where are you to where you normally feel on March 20th or whatever it is right now? Uh, I mean, this is probably the best I've felt in any spring training I've ever been in. Uh, Why is that? Uh, it's just because I've started. I started so early last off season. Um, I started as soon as the season ended. Um, I was breaking down my swing um, in October. So um, that's something that I had never done before. Um, and I think I have a really good idea on how my swing works and how it should work. Um, and that's something that in the past I, I kind of knew, but now I, I know. So. I'm just having that confidence on uh, the way I work every morning when I go in and I do my routine. I'm working with a purpose. Um, so all those things combined, it just makes me confident in the, confident in the box, and it helps me uh, have the success that I've been having. So you're saying that work that you did added up, so you, you feel like you know your swing as well as you 100%, 100%. I think uh, at the end of the day, um, as hitters, uh, we are our best hitting coach, and uh, we need to learn our swing and the way um, our body moves, uh, especially playing at the highest level. So I think uh, going back to the drawing board, doing a ton of homework and uh, learning how my body moves and uh, why I should be making certain moves um, is helping me, like I said, going up into the box and compete every day. How did you do that? Was it videos or something more? Were you working with a, a hitting coach? or? or yeah, just a ton of video, and then obviously you got to compare your swings to some of the best players in the game. So I watched a lot of uh, Big Poppy. I watched a lot of Miguel Cabrera. I watched a lot of uh, Mike Trout. And uh, obviously they're all different hitters. Uh, they all have different setups, but it's certain little things that they do. That's why they're successful. So um, I think just watching those hitters, how they move, um, and then adding what I do well and then trying to move similar to those guys, um, I think that's the reason why, like I said, I'm able to do what I do. Just a, a DH with you, Robbie, JD expected to get a lot of reps here. Does it feel like the I think it's uh, I think it's just fun. Like I think uh, bringing in all these guys, it just brings the best out of each player. Um, it, it's perfectly fun and fine to have that type of competition in camp. And I think we just push each other to play well, play hard. And uh, whether it's JD, Robbie, me, Pete, whoever it may be, whoever's hitting in that box when we're in the dugout, we're one team. And we're pushing each other to help each other win, and that's why we're all here. We're here to win games. So uh, when we're on the bench or playing, um, we're trying to find ways to help the team win. Um, so we're just trying to push each other to, to be that great player and be the great players that we know that we are. As you're comparing your swing to those guys you mentioned earlier, what's maybe one thing that, that they did that you wanted to do better, that you wanted to do more like that? Just stay on my legs more. Um, 
know, they do a great job of holding the ground and getting into their back hip. And that's something that uh, I, I wasn't able to do a lot um, last year. Um, I was very jumpy in my swing, um, and that w that's what caused me to chase a lot of pitches. So um, being able to hold the ground, now I'm able to recognize pitches better. And then when I do get a mistake, I'm able to drive the ball. So um, that's something that they, the best hitters do. I mean, people think you hit with your hands, but you actually hit with your legs. And if your legs are in a good position, then you'll be able to have consistency. So um, the best hitters are always on balance. And uh, I've just been trying to work on my balance, and I feel like I'm in a good spot. Better balance, healthy labrum. Turns out Don played much of last year with a partially torn labrum in his right shoulder. Revealed that to Sports Illustrated, then confirmed it over the weekend. The issue did not require surgery. Dom says he's pain-free right now, but to certainly look back to last year's 363 slugging percentage and how it all just went asunder for him. And yeah, maybe we, maybe we should have known about the labrum or something. You know, I, I went back and looked at Baseball America's 2014 top 30 Mets prospects. And back then, Dom was number four behind Syndergaard, number one. Travis Darno was two. Rafael Montero, was number three. Then it was Dom, then Pluecki, Flores, Ahmed Rosario, Brandon Nimmo, Gavin Cicchini, and then Jacob deGrom. Yeah, Jacob deGrom was the 10th best Mets prospect, just ahead of Cesar Pueyo. At the start of 2019, just thumbing through all baseball Americas, they had the projected 2022 Mets lineup. You ready? Pluecki, the catcher. They got uh, the first base right. They got Pete, they got Pete Right at first base. They put him there. Andres Jimenez at second base. They had Robbie Cano moving to third. They had Ahmed Rosario at short with an outfield of McNeil, Nimmo, and Conforto. No sign of Dom Smith in that mix. They did have DeGrom as part of the rotation. It was supposed to feature Syndergaard, Wheeler, Matz, and Anthony Kay. You got one out of those five still remaining. So anyway, uh, go back to that projection of Robinson Cano at third by now. That is not happening. But who is on third? It looks like Eduardo Escobar. He's got a lot of experience playing everywhere, but working out strictly as a third baseman right now, and that should give Buck the freedom to use Jeff McNeil at second, Cano at DH. J.D. Davis and Dom Smith are both talented bats, and defensively they appear completely blocked here. Escobar is a switch hitter, so making a platoon with the right-hand hitting Davis is unlikely at third base. Davis can play the outfield in a pinch, but so can Escobar, and so can McNeil, and so for Dom. So, uh, barring an injury, that kind of leaves J.D. Davis's path to at bats as a DH against lefty pitching, or just as a, a simple pinch hitter. And uh, let's go back to the guy that had hit that home run you heard from Howie. He might figure in. Nick Plummer, out of Brother Rice High School outside of Detroit. He was a left-handed quarterback recruited by the University of Kentucky, among others. Could have been the, the next Donovan McNabb, but no, he, he wanted to play baseball. So he signed out of high school with the Cardinals. Eventually, the Mets would pick him up this past winter after a season last year where he had 15 home runs between AA and AAA. He hit 280. OBP of 415. He had 73 walks playing the outfield. I sat down with him to get his backstory after the Sunday game was over. That was a 6-4 loss, by the way. But he talked about coming back from major wrist surgery back when he was 21. 
called the uh, triangular fibrocartilage complex and uh, pretty much it's like the um, they call it the acl of your of your wrist so it's pretty pretty big for structure pretty good big for strength and ultimately had a tear in that in that uh, cartilage had a suture put in it had great doctors uh, with with st louis great surgeons with st louis um do my surgery i'm grateful for that and it's been you know slow and steady you know uh, men back but it's good to be 100 percent back after the past two three years for sure Emotionally, what what got you through it, Nick? I know you're a man of God, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. that's part of it. Uh, family, though, too. I mean, friends. Yeah. Who who are you leaning on in, in a time like that? Oh, everybody. I mean, you know, I was uh, I was down rehabbing in Florida, and it's hard. You know, you come outside, and and you know, sometimes, you know, sun sunshine isn't doesn't doesn't just you know turn turn it on for the day. But hmm. um, you know, it, it yeah, definitely my family, um, my wife now now wife family mom and dad and um, the organization and the whole you know the cardinals helped me helped me with a lot uh, during that procedure and um you know ultimately i think just me you know i really um i, I take pride in, in in my work i take pride in my career and you know i knew it was going to be a tough road coming out of high school and obviously you know um with the, with the injury injury early that uh you know it was, it was a setback and then you know um to be on the mend, I think the big thing for me is I've always had confidence in myself, had confidence in my abilities. So it's been really, uh, it's been really cool to come here with a new organization and really start to, to put that to play on the field and really feel feel part of this organization for sure. If you don't mind, tell me about that dynamic because I'm always fascinated. And it's funny when I was sitting here talking after the Mets have played the Cardinals. It's got to be weird. I mean, you're getting used to blue because you've all you've known is red, but you know now you 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 actually line up against those guys mm-hmm. a couple times and is it uh not weird already or is it still going to be weird for a little bit um well actually so my first first travel program i played for was a motor city uh baseball baseball and softball program so my stepdad scott leonard he runs a runs an organization him and his twin brother so i actually started off with royal blue and orange so <laughs> nice. um you know kind of kind of came back to it it's been kind of cool but um Full circle now. yeah absolutely yeah so but it was cool it was uh you know playing today seeing seeing Pretty much every everybody in the dugout, no one knowing everybody, it was it was weird. But you know, in between the lines, we went out and did it, and, and wish we could have came out with the win. But put some good at bats together, and you know, ultimately, I think this team's team's in for a really good run this year. Who were the guys, if any, that you already knew when you came to this organization? Was there a landing spot for you? Like, oh, I've seen that guy before, or I've hung out with that guy before. Yeah, I mean. Um, you know, you take all the big name guys that you you know already know, which is you know majority of the locker room here. You know, with with what uh, what Billy and, and the Coens are doing here is they're putting in a lot of really good dudes and a lot of uh, really talented guys in the same locker room. So I already knew a good majority. You know, just had to had to had to introduce myself to these guys. But you know, I knew knew Carlos played with Carlos in high school. Cortez uh, knew Travis Blankenhorn, and you know it's been uh, it's been good though. I, I mean, I think the transition couldn't have couldn't have gone any smoother and um, you know just looking forward to, to finishing out uh, the spring training camp strong and then taking it from there i hear carlos cortez is a hell of a guy snappy dresser lululemon on the top i mean <laughs> really impressive is what i get yeah no he's he's all right he takes 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 some from me i guess <laughs> Right, again, full disclosure, they're locker mates right next to each other. Let me finish up real quick, if you don't mind. You know, you mentioned very briefly about uh, your girlfriend becoming your wife, and, and you know, we, we all grow up, and that's the next the next step. Uh, tell me about the wedding, if you don't mind. We got TMZ on your for a little bit. Was it yeah. a big, big function, a little function? What was it? Yeah, it was a, it was a big function. We had about uh, 100 and... 
what do we have 150 160 wow, okay. there Legit. back back in detroit yeah and it was uh did it at the cathedral the beth blessed sacrament um the cardinals cardinals church back in detroit beautiful beautiful cathedral all the stained glass and um but it was cool you know i've been i've been with uh, my wife alex alex for coming up on 10 years now wow. so we pretty much have been married in a sense but it was nice you know having pushed pushed the wedding off due to covid and have it was nice to be able to to do it and you know f- officially call her my wife so it's it's That's good awesome. yeah. I'm, I'm doing the math it was like a, a meet cute in uh, junior high or how'd you guys get to know each it other was uh it was sophomore year high school yep so she uh she played softball in high okay. school played softball in college at uh university of michigan and right you know we just kind of you know she she fits me and i fit her so two hmm. two really competitive people in a relationship that continue to push each other and you know i wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world too so it's it's fun good dude rooting for nick Plummer. really really nice guy he had the home run saturday then sunday a walk and a run scored also from sunday david peterson was hit hard early but tyler mcgill came on after that was very impressive Three scoreless innings, three strikeouts. Let's get to Buck Showalter on that and some other subjects, too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Do you look at McGill and Peterson as 100% starters, or as it gets closer to breaking camp, could you see one or both as as relief options? Yes. (laughs) No, you know, I I think obviously uh, we're always... Going to make sure that we attack the what ifs, mm-hmm. you know, rotational wise. I think until we get arms around, uh, you know, Ty and uh, and Carlos, make sure we know where we are there. We'll proceed down the starter role. That's why you saw him. I'm, I'm really encouraged that we've had three starters go three innings already. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's, that's exciting. But uh, Ty had a really good day today. He's going to proceed to, you know, full PFP here shortly, and. Uh, Marte had a good day too. We might not be too far from moving that in another direction, but those two guys right now, we're going down the starter role for them until we know what we uh, uh, what we have with those other two guys. McGill was saying that he had a cutter this offseason to give him another option there. What did you think of that pitch, and, and what does that do for him if he's able to you know, use that reliably? Well, you know, you said those advanced meetings and how stuff like that works. It's one thing to have it, it's another to have it, you know, as a usable pitch. You know, that's kind of another problem with spring training the way it is because you don't get a chance to run too far down there. But um, you ask yourself when you get young pitchers out of the minor leagues, a left-handed pitcher, what's he going to do to get right-handed hitters out? A right-handed pitcher, what's he going to do to get left-handed hitters out? And, you know, could potentially give him another weapon for that. Uh, what, do you, what do you like about Miguel? Um, just I like the uh, presentation, you know, and that, that a lot of things. Obviously, the stuff is good, and uh, I just, you know, obviously the the angle and uh, uh, Scotty, I, I I like the presentation, the whole body language, the way he comes, and you know, 
I've got a lot of people telling me about them and that have more experience with them, and I lean mm-hmm. on that. But um, pretty athletic for a big guy. Um, I'd be pretty picky not to say, you know, that's what they look like. What did Marte get done today that signaled he had a good day? Just progression. You know, he's able to, you know, obviously I know more I'm going to say here, but uh, without I don't want to put him in a position where we get to, you know, 26 hours from now we think he'll do that and he isn't able to do it. Then it looks like it's just, you know, he's in great hands and he's he's uh, not taking any steps back and he's able to handle everything that we're progressing with. And, you know, I'm hoping in the next few days to have something to tell you about him offensively. Did his MRI have anything to do with his rib or yes. injury? Yeah, all that. We, we, I think we went through three different imaging system just to make sure we weren't dealing with any of that and that all came back I guess the word's negative but it was positive that we got a negative he said uh, you talking about Starling? yeah Marte said uh, that he thought it was an oblique the trainers thought it was an oblique but the imaging or MRI showed something else and he didn't specify what I haven't heard that Okay. I mean, just, so, just an oblique as far as you know um that is what they've been looking for. There's nothing. I mean, you tell me what you're. There's nothing that I've been told. You know what I know about it. The imaging. I haven't heard that to rule out something completely. You know, you're like I am. I want okay. If he's not able to play, what does he have? You know. And um, so I, I've been led down the oblique thing, but not to the extent where it's something we're worried about at this point. But. I tell you, I'm, I'm really cautious about going too far, saying it's exactly this, exactly that, because I've dealt with these obliques before. It's kind of like the tennis elbow. You know, all of a sudden you wake up one morning and it's gone. You don't have any idea why. It's like the oblique, but I do know if you come back too quick from that, it turns into a long-term thing. seems like there's a lot of... He came with it. He didn't get it here. It seems to be... A, I was looking around. Just out of curiosity, that infield drill you were running this morning... You were you were given orders about the game situations. Not orders. Well, <laughs> uh, you were suggestions. You were suggesting game scenarios. Yeah. Uh, at a very rapid pace, I and mean, you just said that the game uh, moves fast. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. The uh, speed of that game, and then you mentioned Lindor, what he just saw with Escobar. When you speed the game up in those drills, it doesn't affect him. Major professional athletes have. I mean, it's just it's like any you guys. You'd probably come up with something in your life that when it speeds up, it's where you have a tendency to make mistakes. And so you try to duplicate the this pace of game. You know, we hit each team defense. That's the first time we've been able to come back to one to two of them today. So we're starting to duplicate them. We'll go three or four times. You know, it's you don't practice it till you get it right. You practice it till you can't get it wrong. You know, it's a big difference. So you know the um, and at the end of spring, last couple of days. We'll have kind of, uh, what is it, potpourri, where you go through all seven of them back to back where you don't go in order. You just you might have a ball on, man on first, ball in the left field corner, and the next play is a first and third defense. I mean, that's that's the recall you have to have because, you know, you're, you're rehearsing for a Broadway play. You know, down here, that's what it is, rehearsal for things that are going to come at you up there. Oh, they're putting on a show. That's what they're doing. It's Bette Midler and Rochelle Rochelle. 
a young woman's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. I had a quick Bette Midler story for you, kind of. Uh, went to see Hello, Dolly! with my wife right before I left New York for the West Coast. And there was, of all things, an understudy that night. Bette was supposed to play Dolly, right, in, in Hello, Dolly! And that does dovetail with the Seinfeld episode, if you know where I'm going. But the funny part for me... And this has now become a catchphrase in my household. Uh, there was a couple, older couple from Oklahoma sitting behind us. And they seemed a little bit confused, but they were still enjoying what was going on. And the woman was trying to explain to her husband why it was such a bummer that Bette Midler wasn't actually there. Because as she explained to her husband, Hello Dolly is, and I quote now, it's about her laugh. This woman thought that Hello, Dolly was the Bette Midler life story. So, yeah, uh, Bette Midler was born in Yonkers in the 1880s. But anyway, I, I, if you don't care, I apologize. But I, just, I think that's a funny story. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, we, we gave you some buck. Mets are back at it today with Grapefruit League game number three. Max Scherzer on the mound in Jupiter, Florida. The site of all those lockout meetings earlier this month. He'll park in the same parking lot, but instead of pitching ideas about competitive balance and luxury tax, he'll just pitch actual baseballs, which is, I think, kind of cool. You had heard, I guess, that Tyler McGill is working on a new pitch. So is Trevor May. He has arrived at spring training, kind of dabbling with a fine tune of his changeup, making it into kind of a Carlos Carrasco-style split changeup. Not a bad idea, because opponents hit 341 off his changeup last year, 636 slugging percentage. So, working on the hybrid. Godspeed, Trevor. May the, the Schwartz be with you. All right. On that happy note, yes, a Spaceballs reference to end the Monday podcast. We say thank you very much for listening to us. And listening to the Mets in the Morning House Band, too. That is not Bette Midler on the keyboards. That's P.J. Conlon, yes. And slapping to bass, Philip Evans. The horn section, Nick Evans. I, I guess I have the Bob Evans breakfast place in Port St. Lucie on my mind. I, I apologize. But finally, on drums, Jason Middlebrook, who has nothing to do with breakfast whatsoever. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. More from sunny Florida coming up tomorrow. Take care.